second edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stafford, and we've got a lot to look forward to this weekend. And we'll be hearing from Mikel, Michelle and George Baker. First of all, I'm joined by Mikel Michelle, ahead of the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe weekend. And Mikel, how can I introduce you? You're in a trailblazing female jockey in France. You rode your first group winner only last year, but you're not just a big name and face in France internationally as well. You became so popular in Japan that they needed bodyguards to protect you. And you're making a name for yourself also in the UK when you came and joined us for the Sugar Cup. Thank you for joining us today. How are you getting on? And what a brilliant year you've had as well in the saddle. Thank you so much for your invitation. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm very happy. Uh, I ride and I win uh, in a lot of different uh, country and uh, I, I learn a lot of and I I get a lot of experience every time, every year. It's a new experience, new country, new race course. Um, the last month it was Ascot and it was just fantastic for me to to can ride there. So I'm really happy. <laughs> I can imagine it, the, the job takes you all over the world. And, you know, I've read you've ridden in nine different countries now from Europe all the way to, to Japan as well. Obviously, you know, we're based in the UK here. We'd love to hear more about your experiences at Ascot and re- making your debut in the Shergirl Cup. What was it like coming over to Ascot, a track that you've not ridden at before? How was that feeling and the experience of being part of the winning team? I was so proud and so happy um, the Shergirl Cup uh, asked me to, to participate at the championship like this because you have a famous uh, jockeys every year. And many great jockey uh, won the Shaka Cup. So to can participate with uh, Haley Turner, uh, <laughs> what a jockey <laughs> that Haley Turner and Nicola also. Um, it was just fantastic and perfect because we won with the ladies team. Um, it was yeah very very good moment and. Um, I I wait this time from four months for four years uh, now and uh, I I was just so happy uh, to come right there. Well, you seem like you're living on the crest of a wave. We call it here. You you know you're just flying high from one to the other. But the fame that you got in Japan it must have been quite surreal because in the UK and France you know the sport is big, but in Japan it's the national sport. It's huge. So what was that like turning suddenly becoming a celebrity? Um, it was a little bit strange for start, but um, it's for that also I fall in love with Japan because they have a, a special love for horse racing. They really love that. And um, yes, you are famous sportsmen there. And we don't have this feeling in Europe. So it was magic. Sometimes a little bit difficult because you are very busy. Um, the journalists ask you a lot of every time, one question more, one question more. Yeah. But it, it's, um, I think this country is famous for that because they are like this and they give you all from the heart. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant to see the Japanese fans and how passionate they are. And I see that you're learning Japanese as well so that you yeah. can be able to speak with them. That's not easy. No, it's very difficult and... It's, it's difficult also because um, 
I don't have just to learn Japanese. I have to make a training every morning. I have to go to the race course. Sometimes it's very far away. And you have a, I have a lot of to do. My head sometimes is completely full, but um, I work hard and uh, I'm, I have a lot of motivation uh, to go back in Japan. And it's important for us and for me too to can uh, speak Japanese. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a huge weekend for the Japanese. They've got two big, big runners in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe this weekend, which leads me quite nicely into the weekend's racing. Obviously, you know what it takes to win and ride at Paris Longchamp. It's such a unique race course, so spectacular. It's going to be such a thrill that there will be crowds properly back. What is it, why, what is it about the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe that makes it so special? And what are your first memories of the race? Um, the first time was when I, I, I can go to the race course for, for see my first Arc de Triomphe, uh, enable one in Chantilly race course. So it was a special Arc de Triomphe because it was in Chantilly. Mm. Um, but it, it's a yeah famous weekend and I was very happy to be there because when I was young, I, I can just see, uh, from my television, um, this race and I want to feel uh, the atmosphere and every year um, without uh, fans or with fans, uh, the atmosphere is very special. Yeah, it, it is. There's been some very good renewals of the race, some brilliant additions we've seen. Derby winners come come into the race before, the likes of See the Stars, obviously you mentioned Enable, Trev was a huge uh, superstar in France, but this race it's mouthwatering. It's just, I don't think over in the UK, we believe that it's one of the best we've seen in years. In France, what is the perspective of it? Are people are very excited about this renewal. Yeah, yes, of course. Um, we can feel the atmosphere from one week now because uh, many horses uh, from Japan comes and yeah, the horses work. And yeah, we feel Agitrion uh, is coming, but... Uh, I don't know. We, we don't care about really the level of the race. It's just Arc de Triomphe and everybody wants to win uh, these races. M- yeah, many people uh, just think about it now. It's Arc de Triomphe coming. <laughs> yeah, the hype is, is I say, is you can feel it in the atmosphere. So in terms of the race itself, we've now got the final declarations. We have the draw as well. And I want to ask you about the draw because it's very important where you're positioned coming out the gates. Looking at what we've got and looking at the field, um, the favourite at the moment, Adayar, the, uh, the the Derby winner from England, the King George winner, he um, has been drawn in 11, which is pretty wide. And Tanawa, she's been drawn um, slightly better. She is in three. Is that, do you think that there's a big difference? You need, you must be drawn well to give yourself even a better chance and that will help with when it comes to the betting, the differences between those two? Um, for me, for Tanawa, it's not really important the number gates because she waited a little bit and um, for me, it was not a problem if she had a, a bad number on the gates or a good number. She's, um, she can do many different tactical, but she loved to wait. And for Adaya, I think the 11 number is not a bad number because the race will be fast and clear. So um, 
for me, it's important to don't be um, on the two sides. If you have a, a too much good number or bad number, you know, you are too much outside or inside, you mm. can have some problem, but 11 and 30, it's a good number. And I really love uh, both horses. Uh, they are my favorite horse. That was going to be my next question. Going into this, if you had a, if you had the opportunity to ride any of the horses in this race, who would you choose? <laughs> um, my heart go to Chronogenesis because I saw her in Dubai. Um, she's just fantastic, and she won many group races in, uh, in Japan. Um, for sure, she will run very well. But also, um, uh, Tanawa and. Uh, Adaya will run very well. From for me, it's my three first uh, horses. So the 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 fillies, the the mares are the the ones, and obviously we've seen some exceptional mares. Enable and Trev, Enable being an, an absolute hero for many people in the UK, and it's strange not to have her in the field. She's been in the race for so many years, but we've been we've been blessed by such quality, and you know looking at based on you know how the race will set up it looks like there'll be a lot of pace on deep bond likely that he'll go on so last year where it was quite slowly run it looks like we won't have that which will be a really good plus so it'll be a properly run race yes yes um deep, deep bond and uh, hurricane lane uh, have a very good number and normally they go in front so i think the race will go fast um, I hope Dibon can uh, make a good result because f- for me, he, he don't have um, a level like uh, ADA or Chronogenesis, but he go in front, he, he just make his job, you know, he don't care what happened back of him, mm. just go in front, he likes the soft ground and the ground will be very soft, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> mm. So I think he can get a, a good result. Yeah, th- this is an interesting point you mentioned about the ground because we've been monitoring it. We know Roger Varian has taken Tiona out. She won't run because of the weather, but because it's soft at the moment. Mm. I know it's a beautiful day there today, but what are we expecting over the next couple of days and what type of ground do you think it will become the race time? Um, yesterday I rode in Chantilly and it's close to Longchamp. The ground was soft already. And today the... the um, the weather is okay, but uh, until Sunday, the wind is coming, so I'm sure the ground will be very soft. <laughs> so interesting, and that will be, you know, play to some horses' advantage. We know Tanawa has acted on very soft ground, and Adaya as well at Epsom in the Derby, very soft ground as well. So it will be interesting to see who can get through it. Of the French horses, which one do you think has, has a good chance? Because I heard a good case for Sealaway on uh, recently as well. Um, my problem with Sillyway is um, he don't run uh, since the Jockey Club, so June. I'm mm. I'm a little bit scared, you know, uh, between two races. Uh, races is races. Okay, you work well in the morning, but I'm a little bit scared for that. He he, he will need a, a little bit to work and breathe. Mm. Um, but I like the horse, Rouge uh, horse, Rabia. Yeah. Who Demoro ride her? She was uh, fifth the last year on the Arc de Triomphe. She's in good shape, um, and every year Rouget make good results on the Arc. So I think she can uh, make again a good result. Um, we wanted to um, 
end the end the conversation by a few quick fire questions, if that's okay. We're giving I'm gonna give you two um two options. And we want to know, we just want to get to know you a little bit better and what you prefer. Um, and um, we're gonna we're gonna find out just a little bit more about you. Okay. 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 Yes. So the first thought in your head, so without even having to think, that's what we want to know. Okay. Frankel or see the stars? See the stars. Asket or Paris Longchamp? Longchamp, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Christophe Soumillon or Oshin Murphy? Soumillon. The Derby or the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe? Arc de Triomphe. Trev or Enable? Enable. Brilliant. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Mikkel, thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck for this weekend. And we look forward to welcoming you back to the UK. We hope to see you back at Ascot, but a lot a lot of the tracks. Um, it's been great to follow your progress and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Thank you. And next up, we're joined by George Baker, a legend in the saddle, a classic winning jockey with over 1,300 winners, um, a winner also internationally around the world, and uh, now is a pundit at Racing TV. Actually, I was trying to work out all the different roles that you've got, George. You're probably better than me to go through all the different roles that you are now um, in charge of. But you are very much on our TV screens a lot these days. And it's great to have you alongside me today. For SBK, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Jess. I'm delighted to join you today. And Newmarket is where we're going to start. I'm going to be back there again on Saturday. And we've got a really good um, renewal of the Sun Chariot Stakes, the Group 1, over a mile. Snow Lantern has obviously got a favourites chance now that alcohol-free hasn't been declared, which is quite a interesting non-runner in this race. But the quality, the depth, Mother Earth is in there. You've got Saffron Beach, No Speak Alexander, recent Group 1 winner. But we've also got a horse very close to your yard in Primo Bacchio. How do you assess this race and looking at it, what, what do you, how do you expect to see this panning out? Well, when I'm looking at these races um, from a pundit's point of view, I always think about when I was riding and, and what I'd like to ride in the race, which I always think is a good way to look at it. I think Mother Earth, who was didn't really get the rub of the green at Leopardstown last time. Um, it was a very messy race. Tactically, it was just not straightforward. And Ryan didn't have a fair crack at the whip that day. And I felt um, she wasn't seen to best effect at all. I think you can upgrade that run. And, you know, when you look at it on, on official ratings, they're all on top of each other. I think you can make a case for a lot of them towards the top of the market. Snow Lantern, I love. She's... Um, been, she was thrown in the deep end last time behind Baid, and it was probably a, a bridge too far for her. But this is much a, a much easier assignment, and she's a very likable type. And as I say, with Primo Baccio, again, she, she is a filly who was a little bit disappointed last time, but I'm sure she can get back on track. And the one thing I think she'll like, I think she'll really be suited by the straight track at Newmarket. And looking at the weather and the ground that we're having, there's a good bit of rain coming over for the next couple of days. Obviously, we've seen Snow Lantern perform pretty well at, at Royal Ascot on, on that ground um, as well. Primo Bacchio, how do you, do you think that she'll be OK on more testing conditions? Yeah, when she ran well in France, it was um, softish ground. I actually think Ed's filly, the other filly he has in the race, Dream Lopal, relish conditions if they have a bit of rain. And she's a very likeable type. She's very impressed when she won a new market a couple of starts ago she was she ran in the matron um recently and didn't get a fair crack at the whip that day it was a messy race at leopardstown so i think she's one that could run well at a bit, bit of a price 
Yeah, uh, for me, I think No Speak Alexander has been massively overlooked. I know she was a bit of a, uh, a shock surprise result when she won the matron stakes herself at 25 to 1. But Jessica Harrington's form at the moment is so red hot. It's, you know, not a day goes by without seeing her having a run at that's winning um and yard form goes goes out saying you, you need that it's quite a, an interesting irish raid that is on this race isn't there yeah and i think this time of year jess if i was watching on the tv or at newmarket i'd be looking at them in the paddocks because this the weather's just started to change in the last week it's wet and quite cold in the mornings and some of these fillies will be going in their coat so i think it's really really time to be vigilant and see how they're looking in, their, in, in themselves going forward yeah absolutely i think it's such a good point and the weather is changing it's sunny getting so cold so you know last night at kempton they're all rugged up as well so you barely know who you're looking at but it is it, it is a really good point especially with these fillies they're just their coach just sunny changing um a great day is racing at newmarket there's plenty to look at but obviously Asker, as you say there's also a good day there as well and a horse that I've been following around the country um, all year um, his great ambassador who lines up in the Ben Goff stakes the six furlong race at, at Ascot uh, he ran a mighty race in the Air Gold Cup um, you know with such a big weight and obviously what turned out to be on the wrong side of the track how is he coming out of that race how did you assess that and what do you think his chances are for this for this test well, he's going to be very competitive. When we saw him in, in the Garabee at York, he was uber impressive and won as he liked. And things just didn't... He, it was unfortunate how things unfolded there. He won his race pretty comfortably. And obviously, Bielsa was on the other side. And um, it was it was one of those races you look at and you just feel, feel like you didn't get a fair crack at the, of the whip. But he's come out of it in fantastic form. He's a horse who's thriving on his racing. He hasn't been with Ed that long, but he's gone from strength to strength and... He, again, I think it, if they don't get all the rain that's around and the ground stays relatively good, he's going to be very competitive. He's got the Air Gold Cup winner in the field, declared Bielsa. Again, obviously, they they meet on equal terms as well, weight-wise. But Glenn Shields, a really interesting one, because he's if the rain does come, that's the horse that's going to really relish it with Paul Mulrennan on board this time. Yeah, Glenn Shield is definitely, he, as as we're all aware, he loves he loves the mud. Um, this time of year, he comes comes into his own. And I would have thought the more juice in the ground, the better for him. The horse I'm very interested to see after a bit of a break is Diligent Harry of Clive Cox's. He is a three-year-old who I really, really loved at the beginning of the year. He's been sparingly raced recently. And he was, I thought he ran a tremendous race in the um, race at Newbury last time in the Hackwood, where he raced quite keenly. I'm sure if he can learn to harness that energy in the right right way and just get into a better rhythm early doors there's potential for him to be very very competitive race like this and I think he's a, a pretty good price at the moment yeah the Clive Cox team also in like bang bang up there in good form they had they had a little bit of a quiet spell but I feel like they're sort of coming out of that as well so diligent Harry comes into this really fresh as well so it'd be interesting to see I'm going to stick with great ambassador SBK ambassador Richard Kingscote on board as well um, returns for the ride and look let's hope he can keep rolling now that he's in group company this is, is this his first time in a group race which I can't believe it wouldn't would be hard to believe really yeah he won he won obviously two starts back he won the Garabee at, at York um illicit race and this is his first time time He's he, he, Jess. I can't tell you how frustrating it's been with him because I thought he 
as it turns out, he'd have been very well handicapped in the Wokenham. They got the rain. He was a non-runner. Mm. Then he went to the Stewards' Cup at Goodwood. Um, they got the rain and he was drawn the wrong side. Just beat and he ran tremendously. And then um, uh, everything looked like they, they'd missed the rain. He had his ground and um, as it worked out, he was on. Well, he wasn't on the wrong side, but the race was just disjointed and he wasn't seen to best effect. I'm looking, having a look at the rain for Asker as we speak to keep an eye on this because this is very important, crucial for him. 40% today, 100% tomorrow. Does that, would that worry you? Will, will he definitely run if it continues on raining? Yeah, as long as it, it as long as it's not atrocious ground. And as we're aware with the straight track, and um, when you look at the girl reports at Asker, the straight track um, is that sand-based drainage system, and it it drains a lot better than, than the round course. So um, they'd need quite a bit to change it. It was it was pretty rapid at the beginning of the week. Um, and they've they've done a tremendous job to leave it like that and, and trust that the rains come and, and as it has done, I think it's officially good ground at the moment, which will be even with a little bit of rain, it's not gonna be too bad. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, a, a track which won't be good uh, will be Paris Longchamp. We just heard um, from Mikel Michel that it's going to be very soft come Sunday. They have a dry day at the moment, but the rain is coming there. And you know what it's right, like to ride at this track. You know what it's like to ride in France in general. When when they call it very soft, is that our heavy? Well, it, it, it varies, but I, I would say that's going to be uh, would I would normally assume that's going to be really, really, really heavy ground. Um, and it's all until you get over there, you never really know. But I would, I, I would, that would be the indication. It's going to be pretty testing conditions. Yeah, and so from your from your your time riding over in France as well, does that change like com- complexions of the races? How fast horses might go off as well? We saw a very testing arc last time last year as well. Um, which was very steadily run. Pace of these races in France can be quite a muddle to try and sort of work out. Yeah, that that is a key thing. Um, whenever whenever you're riding in France, their style of racing is is a little bit different to ours. They they tend to go a uh, a steadier tempo early doors, and races tend to turn into sprints. And their horses are well versed in that that fashion. But um, last year in the arc, obviously it was on pretty brutal ground and. Um, I think they were just riding accordingly for the ground. I think that this is going to this is a deep field. I don't I don't think it's going to be too messily run early doors. I think it's going to be run at a relatively even gallop. You, you you've had one of your greatest achievements as a jockey in in France. But it was it Chanty that that year uh, in 2016 when you rode Quest for More, and I I re, I, I re- looked at the the comments and and the, the ride you gave it was a bit of a hold up ride and you came you came quite late is that right and it was it was unusual in in that in the style that the french jockeys you probably rode them to sleep a little bit well it wasn't it wasn't the plan beforehand um obviously i wasn't there i was in france roger chan didn't travel over for the race and he was watching the race in his kitchen at home with his wife and after we'd gone about a furlong and a half, he he went off to make a cup of tea because he was going nuts. He's going, why is he so far out of his ground? He's dropped him in. We'd we'd organised to make, prepared to make the run in, and he wasn't going a yard for whatever reason. And um, we got up and one late on, so he got me out of trouble. But it was a, a wonderful day, um, and it's it's such a great atmosphere there. Obviously, it was on the Saturday in Chanty. Um, it was just a, I, I, I felt very, it's one of my, as you say it's one of my biggest achievements in the saddle and I absolutely it was a, one of those days I'll never forget. 
So a long, a long cup of tea that was made, Roger Charlton, but uh, a, a good cup of tea in the end. I hope you, I hope you had something slightly stronger after that because I, I say, I say, he got a bit of a kick out of it in the end. Yeah, it was great. Um, he, he was a very, he was a wonderful horse. Um, and it's an interesting story, Jess, because the year before, he, I think he just got up to win a handicap at um at Ascot, and Roger said, "Oh, what do you think? You know, it's coming up to the horse in training sales time." And I said, probably it might be a good idea to move on. I'd say that's as good as he is. Thank God they never sold him. Jesus. Wow. Don't take advice off, off, off George Baker when you want to sell a horse. Wow. <laughs> well, and you kept the ride as well and you managed to prove you wrong. So the horse obviously, a horse obviously heard you. Wow. A, a huge success and brilliant, brilliant to look back on. Um, but look, this, this year's arc and from a from a perspective from someone who used to ride in in big races like this this must be one of the best arcs we've seen in a good good few years yeah it's it's a it's a it's a very deep field isn't it and normally this time of year a few you get some defections where horses are um having issues and so forth going forward for the race but they're all turning up and um you know for i i you know tanawa her whole season's been catered around getting her prepared for this race and every time you hear Dermot Well be an interview, it's all about this this weekend. And even even the Irish champion, they they they, they sort of approached it as a stepping stone to this race. So hopefully it works out for them. And but there's loads of people doing the same thing. Yeah, that that there is, and that's a good point. But you but she, her whole the whole reason why she stayed in training is for this race. Whereas. If you look at other the other horses in the field, Adayar, who's kind of taken them, that took everyone by surprise by winning the Derby and won the King George, but then has had this slight setback. Whereas Tanawa is being pretty faultless, you know, she was a second, not a first last time. That's probably the only sort of slight negative on her CV. But as it was saying, you know, she was on on the wrong trip in, as such. Um, Hurricane Lane, he ran in a St. Ledger not that long ago, and it looked like it took a, quite a fair bit out of him. And, uh, you know, Snowfall didn't work out her way last time. So if you're adding all that up, Tanawa, for me anyway, looks like tailor-made for this. And this is, you know, the the right stepping stone, as it's always was going to be. Yeah, I suppose she's um, coming into the race with a perfect prep, isn't she? It's been completely catered for, for this. Um Whereas a lot of these horses, I, I suppose the only only one thing I would say with Snowfall, that race was definitely treated as a prep prep for for for, for the arc. Um, Frankie de Tori um, gave a, a a very sort of um, sensible ride early doors and trusted that they were going to go a really good gallop. It didn't work out like that. He didn't panic. He he sort of knew that this was a stepping stone for for the arc. And when you look at her sectional, she ran home in. It was pretty impressive stuff from her. I know she didn't win, but I think you can upgrade that. And that was definitely a run for 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 the weekend rather than trying to win the race. And um, it was very much treated as, as a prep race. She's drawn in nine, which isn't too bad either. She's also got eight stone nine with the Phillies allowance the, the and the age allowance as well. So that gives her on what is very testing ground, which she likes as well a good chance to in terms of the pace of the race and we know that uh the cool the Cornwall team like to make sure that something will will set it up and go on but broom is in there with as many capabilities as anything they, they clearly don't have an obvious pace setter 
it looks like deep bond would go on how do you just see this race panning out and what would you do if you're Ryan Moore on snowfall um I think I just ride up I'm confidently and and trust as, as you see with someone like Ryan he, he they obviously have a, a a a rough plan but that that can be thrown out the window you know if they're going slow or they're going too quick you have to adapt and ride that accordingly and that's why you have the best jockeys in the world riding for for, for yard that's he's obviously retained by Cornwall and you you'll see him he, he'll he'll just get her into a nice rhythm that that's a key thing in the in the arc I've always um remember um, Mick Canan on on see the stars when things didn't look like they were going smoothly he was very confident and rhythm's so important in these group ones you, you can't sort of go start panicking you've got to trust that you, your horse is good enough to get you out of trouble if you need it and I think Ryan will just try the the most important thing in these big races is that you get yourself positioned around horses or following horses that you feel like can take you into the race rather than i.e getting stuck behind Deadwood and, and all these big races like a race like this is deep deep fields there's going to be horses that you'd rather be following than not following so that that's a key thing early doors is to get yourself positioned into where you're happy and you're you you're sort of feeling that something might take you through at where you need to go yeah and the couple that makes me think that horses like Tanawa who does like to settle and sort of keep quite and Christoph Sumion who knows how to ride uh Parry Longchamp like any better than anyone else will do that the same if you're William Buick on Adiar or James Dore on Hurricane Lane horses that can be quite keen going Adiar definitely was in the King George and coming off a bit of a break he's going to have to want to conserve quite a good bit of energy early doors as well yeah I think with Adiar, um, we chatted before we came on, Justin. We, we felt that um, he's a horse that has had an uninterrupted preparation, um, which is fine. You know, I, I honestly believe that I'm not not concerned about that. But the one thing I would be concerned about is he could potentially be quite fresh. And we saw him in the King George. That that albeit a small field, um, he raced with a choke up at early doors. I just don't think he can get away with it doing that in 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 a, in a, in a race of this standard. So. I'm sure William Buick's key objective early doors is to get him travelling around in an economical fashion and, 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 and then ride the race accordingly from there. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's fascinating. And look, we've got the, the Japanese side as well chronogenesis they've been you know we know how much how important the japanese uh, how important the pre-large triumph is to the japanese chronogenesis with Oshin Murphy on board she's also been prepared for this race how do you assess her chances and also um it's not just about her as well they've got a, a very good second selection in deep bond too yeah it's interesting isn't it when you hear um the japanese talking about chronogenesis and um deep bond obviously won the trial and and you know look very straightforward but whenever you hear them talking about the two of them they're not apparently they're not related in what what they can achieve on the track you know chronogenesis miles clear so um that, that's obviously going to stand them in, in very good stead going for uh, her in very good stead you know they, they they believe she's much better than deep bond yeah they do deep bond also seems like an out and out stayer if anything as well whereas chronogenesis this is this is her ideal trip so that's quite interesting it's a fascinating race to try and solve a, a quite a difficult puzzle if you had the pick of any and I've asked I asked Mikhail this as well if you get a pick of any of them if you were riding who would you who would you want to sit on on Sunday um I think I'd I'd go with Adair I just I just love the how he's progressed through the year and I I still think there's more to come from him and and 
he he obviously he won the derby and it was a bit of a shock and he looked like a it was a freakish performance but he backed it up in the King George for me where he was very very impressive and when you see him physically he's a horse that you would have would have thought would carry on improving and he's just I just find him so exciting that we still don't really know he could be he's a he, he is a champion already but he he's very very special and I just think he's he he definitely be the horse I'd be picking to ride if I had the choice. And well, I, it sounded like you're quite keen on Snowfall anyway. So in terms from a betting perspective, looking at Adir, he's going to possibly vie for favoritism with Tanawa up until the day. From a betting punting perspective, where where would you be? Who would you putting your faith into? I'm going to be pretty boring. I think I I I'd, I'd go with Adir. I think he's tactically. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach the race, but with the ground and so forth, if they if if it is, it is as as bad as they say, I think he'll be fine on it. He, he's he's pretty versatile when it comes to ground. Well, I'm going to take you on, and I'm going to go for Tanawa. I think for the reasons which you explained pretty nicely that she's been teed up for this race. This is exactly what she was, what she's been planned out to do all season. I think that there, and it's a positive jockey booking obviously Christoph Sumion is is very well connected with uh the Aga Khan anyway but I do think that he will have it perfectly panned out for her so I'm, I'm my heart is with Tanawa your head and heart is with uh, Adaya and um look it's going to be a, a fascinating race to watch outside of the pre-lot triumph uh outside of the, the races we've discussed anything that's standing out is there a nap that you can give us for for the weekend George um I'm going to go outside the box a bit in the Cumberland Lodge at Ascot um, on Saturday and a horse called Wells Fargo, who has been very lightly raced recently, but his run last time indicated he was stepping back to form. He's a very, very good horse on deep ground. If they get the rain at Ascot, I think he's a a, a big price at the moment. And yeah, I I, I think he's a really, really, really good value. So um, it's a bit of an insane tip, but he's, he's he's a massive price when I looked this morning. Obviously, that can change, but um, he's a horse I've always loved and he's got loads and loads of ability. And Tim used to be, as we were saying earlier, he's been in tremendous form recently and he's I think he's on on the comeback trail. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to take you on again in that race. Um, love this friendly rivalry. I think Quickthorn is a group horse um, waiting to happen. The form yes. from the Ebor. Quick Quickthorn. How did that horse win at Salisbury? I don't know. You tell me. It was Bizarre. If you ask Huey Morrison, who will definitely try and get on this podcast at some point because he can talk all day about that. <laughs> he managed to leave the get onto the track at Salisbury, but um, about 10 minutes after everything else and was eight lengths down. And it was remarkable, really, what Kieran Fallon had to do. He gets the he gets the jock, jockey booking again on Quickthorn. Obviously, the, the form from the Ebors worked out so well with Sonny Boy Listen going on to win the Irish Ledger. Um, I don't think he'd beat any any fools at Salisbury as well. And he's going to get his ground. He'll really like that ground. And he's back at the track he won on uh, during Royal Ascot. So um, I think that what I think he'll be quite a decent prize because Hookham is obviously going to go off favourite. But I don't don't quite trust that horse. So happy to take you on and Hookham on with Quickthorn. It's on. Bring it on, George. We'll hopefully be able to reflect on it and see who's winning in our tipping competition, which we can start from today. I like to feel quite confident myself and um, we will definitely catch up soon. 
Thank you very much to all our guests who've joined me today. We will be back next week previewing some super racing from Newmarket. So join us then. And please remember to subscribe to the SBK Betting Podcast on all major podcast platforms. 